Tonight, I'm going to spend a lot of time teaching. And I pray that that teaching anointing will unveil the truth of God's word so that when you leave here, you can practically exercise God's word. Remember our theme is exercising yourself in godliness. So we are learning that you can train to be godly. You, you can exercise. There are things that you can practically do. And as a result of that, grow and become stronger. We've just done one of them, learning to pray extended time in other tongues. I did that on purpose because some people have, don't understand. You know, the, the thing about the Bible is that God tells you to do something, but he never tells you what the results of that action will be. It's not always that he tells you. Bible says pray without ceasing. And, and God doesn't tell you that once you start praying without ceasing, you're going to get into certain levels of the spirit. He doesn't explain that. So we are learning that we can train, we can learn. We can move further in our lives. You can be more spiritual than you are. You can walk in a stronger anointing than you are carrying right now. You can operate in the gifts of the spirit. You, you can... You can, you, can, you, can, you can operate in a more authority than you are having right now by learning that spiritual things are not left for the select elect few. And it's not a matter we who are pastors have a special gift to, to live the Christian life. We live the Christian life like every one of you. And we have to learn to pray like every one of you. We have to learn to listen to the Holy Spirit like every one of you. The only place where God gives us gifts is in terms of us exercising the gift he's called us in as pastor, teacher, apostle. When we stand and minister to you, and it's interesting that the anointing that he gives us extra, extra, is not even for us. God anoints me for you. You know, so, you know, so that I, that I can operate in certain dimensions even if I didn't train hard Simply because it's a gift God imparts for you. But when it comes to my Christian life, I have to live the life like the rest of you. Can I hear a good amen there? Yeah. And so we've been learning from Monday that we can train in righteousness. We've gone through different things. And we're using First Timothy 4, 7, and 8, but reject profane and old wives' fables and exercise yourself towards godliness, it says. It says, exercise yourself towards godliness. Tell your neighbor, exercise yourself. Exercise. Tell them, train yourself. Train. So in other words, we can train ourselves to be godly. We can train ourselves in the things of God. Then I like what it says here. It tells us that, and then it puts it side by side with exercising physically. It says, you know, bodily exercise is profitable. If you go to the gym and you start exercising your body, you will profit. You'll be stronger you'll be more defined, you'll look nice, you know, you'll really be nice, right? How, you won't be nice? <laughs> you will be really nice. It, it, it's profiteth, but it says, bodily exercise profiteth little. It, it profits, but the profit yet thing is really very little in terms of the broader scheme of things. But it says, he says, but, 
godliness. Or you can say exercising yourself in godliness is profitable in all things. What does it mean? What does it mean? The, 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 the development in spiritual things will flow over every area of your life. Because when you read the Bible, you know that it is really the condition of your spirit often that sustains your body. In fact, the book of Proverbs and the book of Psalms tells us, you know, that a man's spirit sustains his infirmity. You know, then it says, a broken spirit dries the bones. And it has been proved scientifically, proven medically, that a lot of depression and a lot of sadness has a way of resulting into certain conditions that dry your bones. Now, it doesn't mean if you have a condition that dries your bones, it's because you were sad or whatever. But medically, they will tell you. They will tell you medically that we can give you this medication. But this medication can only help. It's the health of your soul. The Bible talks about laughter does good as a medicine. Actually, I was surprised the other day. I wanted to phone in on SAFM. They actually had a, a, a guy there who actually has a doctorate and has done a thesis about laughter. Yes, and he is actually doing seminars all over the world about laughter. And, and what was funny is that they found out that you don't even have to be laughing for real. <laughs> Serious, that any, any form of laughter is good for your health. And he's done a thesis, and this guy is so proud, he's a doctor. And I'm sitting there thinking, Now, you know what struck me? He believes it more than we do as Christians. He's running seminars all over. In fact, he started laughing. He said, you don't have to have anything that makes you laugh. He was just start laughing. Ha, 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 ha. And then I remembered, I remembered the Toronto blessing. In Toronto, when people were filled with the Holy Spirit, and they started laughing. And I thought, we looked at that, and now people are having a thesis on it. He's all over the world, he's running. This guy, many people come with testimonies of healing, of improvement. But it's in the Bible, but you are not exercising it. You see, you see, you're not even laughing. You see, you see. Some of you, you look like you've been baptized in lemon juice. Look at your person sitting next to you and say, you look like you've been baptized in stale lemon juice. So it says, it says, godliness, Barcelona, spirituality profits everything. Everything. It will make you, you'll be more intelligent, you'll be wiser. You see, because there's intelligence, but there's also wisdom. See, intelligence, you can but not be able to to make life work. I remember when God called me to the ministry, you know, and, and when I went into ministry, when I was ordained as pastor in the ministry, 4th of September, yeah, Tlali, you know, something that we celebrate. 4th of September, 1983, it's a memorial, I'm remembering. I remember when my pastor prayed for me, I'm being honest with you, Baruti, I want to let you know. Somehow there was an implantation on my life to know how to make a church work. I'm telling you, I, I just knew how to make a church work. What programs to have, what training to do. I started setting up 
prayer, intercession, departments, meetings. Because a church is not just about preaching. There's a lot more things. I knew how to run my office for me. I would wake up. You know, you have... I started at 8 until 4. I knew what to do. I just... I don't know how I knew. But that's an impartation of wisdom. Yes. The Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about it. The Bible talks about how by wisdom... By wisdom... Even by wisdom, God did what? Builds a house. Then it says by knowledge, it's established. There are people who know how to build, but they don't know how to establish. See, they can't say 43 years, Saliki Bisa. They can't say, I've been running this church now. Next year, by God's grace, I'll be a pastor of grace 40 years. And the church is there. It's established. It's not... It's not, it's not, you know, uh, paraffin. Do you understand what I'm saying? There are people who, they have things that start, but they don't last. But I'll tell you why they don't last. Because there was no wisdom there. There was no knowledge that comes from God. But, but you can't go to school for wisdom. There's no school of wisdom. Wisdom comes from God. And the book of Proverbs says, wisdom is the principal thing. In all you're getting, get wisdom. And with wisdom, riches and other things. People, mama, tisa the riches. You don't need to. Riches are a byproduct. They come after certain things. Your pursuit is wisdom. You can be a young person and know how to build a good career. Know how to run a company. I was pastor 22 years old. I'm not trying to talk about me. I'm trying to encourage you, Basalana, please. Ran a church, successful church, growing church. I led people, I've led people who are much older than me. My own dad was my church member. There were people older than my dad who were my grandparents. They sat in the church and listened to a 22-year-old preaching. It's not because I went to university for it. Godliness is profitable. Oh, I see you profiting in the name of Jesus. It is profitable in all things. When you walk in godliness, your financial life, your health, you become strong because there's just something about the power of God and the glory of God that makes your body strong. And then you look young. Oh, come on now. Come on now. There's a glow on you. People think you are handsome. They think you are pretty. Who's only Marries the glory of God. They think I'm pretty and handsome. But there's something about the glow of God that makes you likable. And because you are likable, wherever you go, people do favors for you. But that's maybe why. Can I hear a shout in the house? Oh! They may, not, they may not like what you preach. They may not agree with you. Mara, they don't know why they do favors for you. Why? Because godliness is profitable. 
kontlung ha le nyetse le le khapole e e rata morena Jesu la le lwana but there's more peace than go lwana yeah you don't have to be u check a phone ya mogatsa ga go rona bua le mang there's no need har ke late you don't try u lo check go rona le mang you are not even thinking about what chita you are not thinking about it i said godliness is profitable Yeah, it's profitable as you get older because how know how to be your body strong strong to fulfill God's will strong to fulfill God's purpose your mind is clear how to go na le babalas no babalas filled with the power of God basalana the greatest thing you can ever have is to be filled with the anointing i don't know if there's any feeling better than the feeling of the anointing When you go to bed your sleep is sweet. Mwah. I said godliness is profitable. Godliness is profitable. You know they were the, the, the when we going to I pray to God we go to the stadium next year. I I I'd like us to go back. Hey. There's a kikikikimang the the police kimang wa for who Eh? Kenel Combrink. Can I what role does he play? He's the commander. The commander what joke. So so when when you have an event at a stadium, the government brings somebody who is a police and they have to check if everything you are doing is done properly and assess how you are behaved and you get a rating after the event. He said, he spoke to my bishop He said this. Every year he has always said to us, you must teach these political parties. <laughs> no, no, serious, serious. He said, you must teach these political parties how to host a meeting in a stadium. He says, he says they, they come here for one day. When they leave, their chairs are broken. We had to go and relolamola many fights. There's bottles everywhere, there's pandemonium. Luna letlamo for three days in a row. Oh, come on now, Bazalama. Come on now. This, this is not this is not a, this is not somebody who's a church person. This is Kimutota Mosebetsu Ahai. He's a professional doing his work. He's done work from other people. He said not one chair gets broken. Not one fight breaks out. Not one child gets lost. I said godliness is profitable. Yeah. It's profitable. That's what we are learning this week. How can I exercise myself? And so tonight we're going to learn how to exercise ourselves to walk in the love of God. How to exercise ourselves to walk in the love of God. Jesus gave us one command. One command. Well, in the New Testament it says there's two, you know when the when the lawyer came and asked him, what are the greatest commandments? He said, love the Lord your God with all your heart with all your soul and then love your neighbor as yourself. But then as he was with his disciples in John 13, he says to them a new commandment. Let's have it up on the screen. 
John 13, verse 34. A new commandment I give to you. That you should do what? Why are you whispering? That you should do what? It's on the screen. That you should do what? Love one another as I have loved you. How did Jesus love us? Gave his life for us? Laid his life down for us? Forgave us? Right? Loved us whilst we were sinners? Right? Says, as I have done to you, as I've loved you. He didn't say a new suggestion. All right? All right? He says a new commandment. In other words, you must obey it. I want to show you something that many of us have not realized. And I had to repent myself when I was preparing this message because I think to some extent I've walked away from some of these principles. I don't practice them fully as I should. I've repented. Going back to full practice. Because you know, Motsiling, you, 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 you get tired and you want to get even with people. You know, you, you want to, you, you are one anchor. Because this, this, what I'm going to teach you, you'll think it's because it means to over walk over. It doesn't mean that. So he says, a new commandment, not a suggestion. I give to you that you should love one another as I've loved you. Now note what, what he says. He says, let's read the next word. He says what? Verse 35. By what? This what? By this loving one another. By loving one another. By this, what will happen? All will know that you are mine. So Jesus says, the sign of being a born again Christian is love. Even people who don't know that you are a Christian, if they can see this love I'm talking about, they will say, you must be a Christian. Now, Mazalana, I want to just say this. There's a video circulating around that I was copied recently, Dr. Mbogota, of a, one of the founders, and it's public knowledge, so I don't have to hide. One of the founders of the satanic church that was founded not long ago in Cape Town, he has turned away from it. And he gives a personal testimony. Now, on the video, of course, that he has done, it's on YouTube and on Google, I think. I, there's other things he says that I think he still needs to grow more in the Lord. There's other things. But the one thing that struck me, the reason he turned, in his own words, was because of four people. The three people who have known him for years, in his own words, he said, I was really bad, terrible guy, evil to the core. But these three people always related with me with love. He, said, he says, even when I hurt them, even when I hated them, they didn't hate me back. But what, 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 what became the, what broke the camel's back was he, he went to some place, or he was on a radio station, Yako Cape Town, and he was actually talking about Satanism and advancing the cause. And after the program, as he left, there was this lady who was the one who was 
doing all the liaison to get him to come, phoning him, everything. So he hadn't seen him or they had met, but as he left, she just came to say bye-bye. And this lady just gave him a hug, you know, just like we hug each other. In his words, he said, I had never been hugged like that. He says, love emanated from this lady. He said, I was stunned by it. He said, I was stunned. He said, I have come through abuse. My, my, my upbringing was difficult. I grew up as a bitter guy, angry guy. I've, I've never known love in my life. I've always been judged. I've always been found wrong. Always people have an opinion about me. But how this girl hugged me made me for the for the first time to feel somebody who loved me, of course, with the other three people, and then come to find out they're all Christians. He said, I, because this girl, I had her phone, as I was checking up on her, and I realized on her status and on her Facebook that she's a Christian. So then I, I sat up and took notice. She never told me she's a Christian. She never told me she's a Christian. You know why? Because this kind of love that I'm going to explain can only be displayed by born-again Christian. A, a human being who doesn't have Christ can't love like that. Never. And then this guy says, a few days from then, he had an encounter with Jesus. Jesus appeared to him. And he said, Jesus, you know, I'm a Satanist. You know it. You know my stance. And if you are really real, I want you to prove it to me. You know what Jesus did? Jesus released love towards him. He said, I was hit by so much love that I've never... And he started breaking down and crying. And he said, since then, I've turned. He said, I had to go resign from the satanic church. I had to go through certain processes, non-disclosure and so on. But I'm coming out clearly and I feel I must tell people. I was watching it this week. I sent to her call. You know, when I sat there and I was looking at this, funny enough, God had already put it in my heart to preach this message tonight. As I was watching that, I said, how did this guy know that they are your disciples? Not by the chain on their neck. Not, not by the sign on their car. That says Psalm 91. Okay. Okay. Not that. Not that. By their love. But do we know what that love is? I'm going to explain it tonight. I pray God give you the ears to hear. And I'll tell you why it so matters to me and makes me emotional. When God called me on the 8th of July, 1979, he filled me with love. I don't know how to explain it to you. I wish I could explain it to you. I wish I could explain it to you. He filled my heart with so much love for his people that I noticed over the years, it's just a love that pours out to people and is the motivation for what I do. I don't do what I do for money or fame or competition. And I've realized, as I'm going to show you, 
If your motivation is love, love empowers what God has given to your life. Now, I'm not a perfect guy. There's times where I get angry with people and everything. But I remember when God poured that love to me, 1979, to see people as valuable and precious. And I tell pastors, I tell pastors, pastors, you know, pastoring a church is hard, Mazalan. It's very difficult. Christians hate you. Mazalan, you are nice, Ali so Maray. Christians say things. Over the years, so much is said about me. People leave, come back, call you names, write about you, everything. And you know what I've realized? If you don't walk in love, you will not be able to protect your heart. You know what, we, you know what it will do to you? You'll become bitter, cynical. You will never believe that there's anyone for real. That's why people say, Basalana Havanale Rato. You get to a point where you will think all men are dogs. All women are whatever. All pastors are crooks. See, once you get there, I can tell you, Basalada, as much as church members give challenges, there's a lot of good people out there. There's many of you who are good people out there. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But you see, it takes love. It takes love to lead people. It takes love because even when you lead people and you help them grow in the things of God, there's no guarantee they will stay in the church. No. There's many people we've given opportunity. I've spent time training them, doing this, traveling with them, giving them money, everything. Once they become strong, they leave. And then you meet them. Somebody else now is their spiritual father. Now, I'm telling you, if, 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 if you allow that to get to you, you will never train anybody else again. Never. Never in your life. Never in your life. There's people we give opportunity to. We bring them on pulpits. They criticize us. They say all kinds of things. And some of them by yet are around. They don't know you know. You know, there's a lot of things God shows me. You can see. Where's my Motomar? He's a hypocrite. You know, I'm on a It's a hypocrite. They say things to please you. To pamper you. You know? Now, if you don't walk in love, you can kill those people. But, but God will instruct you and say, no, keep on helping them. I say, God, I don't feel like it. He says, God's love has nothing to do with how you feel. No, you, you know, I, know, I know you don't like it, but I want you to listen. Jesus says, let's have that verse again. He says, by this shall all men know you are my disciples. If you have love one for another. Let's read it in the New Living Translations. Can we go over time tonight? Okay, yeah. Friday after all, all right? Okay, all right. The New Living Translation says, so now I'm giving you a commandment. Love each other just as I have loved you. You should love each other. Now note verse 35. Your love for one another will prove to the world that you are my disciples. Vazalana, our integrity is wanting to the unsaved. When I was listening to this guy, Abuwa, how Christians have treated him. Sometimes we allow our righteousness and our correctness 
we use it to destroy others. I'm telling you. We can be judgmental, opinionated, hateful, thinking we are being righteous. People in your family who are not playing ball should be receiving love from you. Now, I didn't say we can't stand for what's right or we can't challenge what's wrong. That's not what I said. But you've got to show love. Got to love people, love your neighbors. Love. Well, my bishop, I failed this test today. When I was reversing out of the yard, there's a, there's a lady who lives in our neighborhood there. You know that lady, all Kupananti Chalet. You know, I failed the test. I came all the way confessing when I was driving down. And you know, when I left, it was dark when I left. And you know what it is when you see somebody on the mirror behind you? You don't know who they are. You know, and she's still, then, then I get out, and then I reverse out. And I say, yeah, Pastor, man, I said, believe. Hey, I was angry. Now, I'm sorry, but I was angry. Because what a timer. I think she's been studying my movements this week. She knows when I leave. She, you know, no, 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 my, my, my bishop will tell you what time. So I give her money, then she says, no, this will not be able to buy bread. And then she goes, <laughs> No, but you know what I did? I took, I took it back. I took it back. I gave her 20 rands. Then I said to her, but if you are standing behind me like this, who are I might just hit you. I don't know who you are. I mean, I'm seeing you on the... No, no, I never thought of that. I said, okay, I get some... She says, God bless you. <laughs> I'm driving down the road. I'm saying, God, why must this happen when I'm going to preach about love? I didn't show love. I drove down the road. I was confessing my heart. I said, I failed my sermon. So if there's someone hits you hard, you must know it's hitting me harder than it hits you. All right. But, but it says, your love for one another will prove to the world. But how many times do we talk about our Christian sister and brother to unsaved people? And you expect them to come to church. You parents, you criticize your pastor in front of your children. Do you expect them to come to church? Do you expect them to get saved? Is that what you're expecting? My wife knows, at our home, we have one rule. Our children will never hear us criticize anybody in front of them. Never. It's a rule in my house. Never. Doesn't matter how angry I am, I will never, ever do that in front of my kids. Never. Some of you, you criticize your pastors, you criticize spiritual leaders, and then you wonder your children don't want God. You've got friends, you are trying to anakazo them, but they're the very friends, your Christian sister and brother Kobon. Jesus says, by love, if we can show love, if we can show love. There's a guy who, I don't know if he still comes to our church, his name is Tsidiso. Tsidiso used to do my hair when I had hair. <laughs> In fact, it was him who told me that I'm becoming bald head. I was so angry with Tsidiso. I said, no, Tsidiso, it's the angle. He says, no, I say angle. It's not even the shape of your head. Muriru <laughs> Afel. But Sidiso ended up 
being a member of our ch- actually attending our church because for, for years he used to do my hair. He didn't know I'm a pastor. Didn't know. Because, because some of you, you put, your, you put your label in front of you <laughs> instead of putting your actions before your label. Yeah? No, it's not a sticker on your car. Yes, Psalm 91. It's not a cross on your neck. It's not a Bible that you're holding. Some of us, we use that. We try to force people into the things of God. Make them follow God. And when they look at the way you treat them. Pastor Anna, can I give you a tip? Can I, can I suggest something to you? When you go somewhere, right, and somebody helps you, give them a good tip. Oh. Oh. These guys, these guys at the parking lots, at the malls, sometimes they, sometimes they didn't even look after your car. Shh. 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 You see, some of you little, ah. You see, you, you don't know. Mamelang, Basalan. Mamelang, Mamelang, Mamelang. I won't tell you where it is, but there's a place where I go and I, I wash my car there. When I go there, everybody wants to wash my car. Everybody in that place. Everybody. Because they know we give a good tip. And then they find out later I'm a, I'm a pastor. Because I never put that in front. And then there's been several I've led to the Lord like that. It wasn't my Bible first. It was my behavior first. It was a good tip. Because usually these people who work these types of jobs, they're abused. People who do garden, they're abused. People don't greet them. They don't know their name. They do your garden. You don't even know their name. You don't even greet them. Your kids don't even greet them. They pass them. You have a maid. Your, your kids don't greet them. They mistreat them. And, and then you, you invite them to church. Jesus says, by this, by this, Pasalan, if we were to show love to one another and to other people, people would break down the doors of our church to come in. But, 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 but it's almost like what Jesus said to the Pharisees. You have blocked the way of people from coming in. And even you yourself are not going in. What did the Pharisees do? They took the law and put the law up there. They were talking about tithing, washing hands, everything. Jesus says, you've left the bigger things. You've left the greater things about love and forgiveness. He says, do these things, tithe, do that. But don't forget the other. Religion, religion exercises works, but it's poor in treating people. Christianity is not a matter of just me, not just one. It's love the Lord your God and love your neighbor as yourself. And the test in God's eyes is in how you treat your brother. God says, don't tell me about heaven. Show me how you treat your brother. Show me how you treat your brother. How you treat your brother 
will tell me a lot more about other things. Now, there are four kinds of love in the Greek language. And unfortunately, the English language only uses the word love. And I want to show you a scripture where we read the scripture and we don't realize there's two kinds of love in this one scripture, but they just use just one word, word love. We have, before I go scripture, we have the stoge love, the eros love, another love, and then the two loves I want to show you about, and I'll only talk about one, the phileo love and the agape love. All right? So in First Peter chapter 1, verse 22 and 23, I want to show you something. I found this very fascinating, Barcelona. It reads as follows. Since you have purified yourselves, and I'm reading the New King James Version, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the Spirit, in sincere love of the brethren, that sincere love of the brethren, that word love of the brethren, that word L-O-V there is the word phileo. Now note that, I'm going to, I'm going to read something for you from the, my Greek word studies and explain something to you. All right? So it says, love for the brethren, right? And then, then comma, then it says, love one another fervently with a pure heart. Now that next word love is a different Greek word. So if you were to say it in Greek, it says, it reads as follows. Since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere phileo of the brethren, agape one another fervently with a pure heart. All right. Now let me read to you. This is the wisdom. I don't know if it's still there, Basalana, but I know these days. Uh, I've had this for so long. Some of it is starting to fall apart. This is the whist. It's a, it was a four-volume thing that I bought when I was working at Rayma in the wholesale department way back in 1982, 81, 82, when I bought this. And this has been one of the greatest treasures because whist was one of the best Greek scholars you ever found. And it's got four volumes there. One volume, it's a, it's a whole Bible translated in whist by whist. It's expanded language like your your Amplified Bible, but it's, it's exact Greek words, incredible. And then he, you've got two other volumes where he, he delves into books and he does an actual uh, extensive uh, exegesis on those and a study on that. You've got the book of Ephesians, the book of Romans, and some of the things I preach I get from there, you know. And he explains the verses and the context and the history. It's just incredible. But then you have this one, that is called word studies. So he picks on certain words and certain phrases, you know, and then he gives you the Greek meaning. And, and that's when I understood. This verse, in English, it just says love. But in Greek, it's two types of love. So let me read it for you. Are you ready? Yeah. Hey, I like the way you're listening tonight. Tell your neighbor, Bishop likes the way you're listening tonight, really. <laughs> All right. Let's start, with, let's start first of all with the first love, phileo. So where he says there, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit in sincere love of the brethren. Somebody say love of the brethren. It's phileo. So phileo is a love, watch this now, which consists of the glow of the heart kindled by the perception of that in the object which affords us pleasure. 
It is the response of the human spirit to what appeals to it as pleasurable. Very interesting. This word, therefore, was used to speak of friendly affection. So in this verse, he says, since you have purified your souls in obeying the truth through the spirit, in sincere, friendly affection of the brother. So phileo is a friendly love. You know, you know in English, it's very strange, you know. I, 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 lo- I, I, I love Nando's, I love my dog, I love my car, I love my wife. I mean, there's, and, and, and there's different kinds of love. The way you love your wife is not the way you love your car, and it's really not the way you love Nando's. <laughs> Do you understand what I'm saying? So English is very limited. So we say, I love my car, I love my dog, I love Nando's, I love my wife, I love God. You see? In Greek, it will give the different kinds of love. And then it says, the second part, love one another. That second part, therefore, is very interesting is agape or agapo. It speaks of a love, watch this now, which is awakened by a sense of value in an object which causes one to prize it. So, while phileo loves because it finds pleasure in you, so phileo loves because it likes you. You have to do something to get it. Agape puts a price on you, sees you valuable and precious even when you haven't done anything. And that's the love that Jesus said we must love one another with. It's the agape love. And that's the love that God has. In fact, it says God is love. God is agape. And that's the love that changes the world. Why? Because phileo can change. You can like your friend, then they dings on you, then you don't like them. <laughs> Eros can change, which is sexual love. Stalker can change, which is the love of things. But the only love that doesn't change is agape. In fact, the Greeks went further to say, borna in their language. The, aga- the, the stalker love Phileo love, eros love, can only be expressed by humans. To have agape, it's a love that's outside of human league. Because there is no human being who is capable of loving without getting something back. So it's a love that loves without demanding back. It doesn't love because. It loves in spite Listen to what the Bible says. It says, it says, for God so loved the world. And hated the world. So know what? Everybody. Everybody in this world, no matter where they are, no matter what they do, God loves them. And that's what this Satan is said. He said, you know, God's love is everywhere. In his own words. He says, God's love is in every tavern. God's love is in every strip club. God's love is in every satanic church. He said it in his word. He says, God's love is permeating. It's everywhere. Because it doesn't love you because you are right. It doesn't love you because you are righteous. It loves you because God looks at you and he said you are valuable and you are precious. Now many of us, it's hard for us to accept the love of God because we don't know a love like that. It's hard to understand when God says, I'll forgive you. I'll wipe it off. 
We think no, because when we did it again, but last week. Anybody knows anybody has ever said that to them? But the agape love is a love that loves in spite of. Can I hear a good amen, Bazarai? Uh, I think this is amazing. This is amazing. Let me, let me, let me just read some more, Bazalana, because I love it. It's a love of esteem and approbation. The quality of this love, watch this, is determined by the character of the one who loves. <laughs> and that of the object love. This is what is used in John 3.16. God's love for a sinful and lost race springs from his heart in response to their value. He places upon each human soul value. So this is the love that Jesus said we can have. The disciples must have been surprised to say, there's no way. Because remember, they understood the background. They knew only a God can love with agape. No way we can love like that. No way. As human beings, we love because we like you. I mean, you see here, wamrata, umuntle, wamrata. Kutla yebo kamo. I'm sure. I'm sure twasi sekai. But how many of you know? Even if you found them attractive, irresistible. Kona letasilelewana. And how lana? Irresistible. Eo ifedi. So human love, no matter how expressive, crazy it can, even if it makes you to walk up the ceiling or to swim from the chandelier. It ends. So when you build a marriage on looks, when you build a marriage on sex, when you build a marriage on just that kind of attraction. There comes a day when that's not going to sustain anything. Because as Lehulane, you change. But not with Twiggy. I ask you, I can't remember the members alone. You change. You change. And as you live with somebody, you find out their weaknesses. And then you find out the things that are not That hunk of a guy. That macho guy, we see go ha. Aba tunye komra ho kwane ha. Dush. I tell you, liapelu tando straight, liapela ra. Ha 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 ha. I tell you. My sister, oh, oh, no, Murata, because you're the vegetables, a fan. Say, <laughs> only the beans. 
<laughs> and then at night there are musical. <laughs> Some of you in Halabatot Sarah because you are sitting next to them. <laughs> huh? What am I saying, Bazalan? If I was to lead a church based on the other loves, it will be a problem. Because, Bazalan, there are certain people when you see them first time, you don't like them. Come on, Buang Niti. I don't know what is it about them. When you want to sensationalize them, or no, it's not true. It's got nothing to do with the mud. <laughs> yeah. That's what I learned as a pastor. I learned this early, 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 early. I learned this early. After God filled me with love and God started teaching me, I realized, you see, because you can, you can show favoritism as a pastor. There are certain people who are likable. And you can surround yourself with them. Because they're likable. There are certain people who want to charm. Who want charisma. Who want this thing and they facilitate it. Eat. It's about eat. Eat. They've got it. King, I can see you. Eat. It's those kinds of people. How can I in a room? Go for the Lamushev. There's just those people. I can see you. Kapakain, Bagapakain. How can I in a room, Lamushev? But there are people by Lore. I got Tandeg Lomont and one about to hire Tanics. I know they are very nice people. Now, if you don't learn to love people with agape, you'll be a pastor who loves others, dislikes others, favors others, don't, and then you'll read a book by its cover. And I found out in my life that the people that my flesh didn't like, immediately I saw them, they were the best people ever. So you learn to love. And walk in love. You don't let your feelings dictate. You learn to, to love. And it's doable. I'll show you how to do it. It's doable. You see, this issue of disliking is a flesh thing. It's not a spirit. It's got nothing to do with Madia Bona. It's, it's your carnal life. It's your carnality. As carnal people, we like some, we dislike some. We treat others favorably. Some have a kupara dumel. Others, rahana. It's carnality. It's, it's the human thing. There are others who get away with stuff with us. Others, one mistake, rub our chop. And, and you, must, you must lift yourself above that as a leader. You've got to lift yourself above that. You've got to love everybody. That's why I fought in the church when I saw certain people trying to monopolize me. Because Banadi did resources, Banadi did ing, and I told them, I said, you're not going to monopolize me. I'm everybody's pastor. I'm everybody's pastor. Yeah. Everybody in this church deserves my time. That's why, you know, I stand around, talk to people after the service, you know, because I can't cancel everybody. But I'm not going to let people privatize me, own me, put me in, in a corner where there are certain people because of whatever. You are with them all day. The pastors are buying like that. Hang around with a certain kind of people. Yeah. Yeah. And we've got people who come to our churches who might not be all there mentally. 
People were not well. I mean, the Kanwan case is younger who passed on. Paka, paka. I always forget his name. Owen. Owen. Owen, I love this young man. I love that young man. Owen. He used to sit here, second row, third row. And he, he had no sense of time. Una can any time. And all he wants, all he wanted, two things. He wanted to come, shake my hand, say hello to me, and sit there. That's all he wants. So, I mean, we've got protocol. You know, I don't want people to move around when I'm preaching. So, you know, when he came in, of course, Ashas were doing what they should do. And after a while, God gave me wisdom. And then I spoke to the Ashas. I said, leave him. All he wants is just a hug. That's all. He's not asking for anything. That's all. That's all. That's all. So you'd come in, either he'd come sit there or he'd greet me first and go sit down. And after that, he's all right. And then I came on that, oh, and we didn't know how to communicate. I remember after lockdown, I hadn't seen him for a long time. And I mustn't be emotional on this. I hadn't seen Owen for a long time. One day I saw him. This is just a few weeks before he disappeared. I saw him outside the, the gate. I was coming out of doing a program. It was, I think, level four. Lockdown, if I'm not wrong. And I saw him outside. I ran to him. We couldn't communicate. He looked at me. I could see one pawna. Man, I could see him. The last time I saw him, when he passed on, I went to his funeral. My church member. And I found out he wasn't, he wasn't the only member in my church. He was a member in other churches as well. <laughs> I've never, I've never attended a funeral where there were pastors from different denominations burying one person. I have never. He was buried here. It was in the Methodist church, right? Over, yeah, yeah. It's the Methodist church. And, and I went there and I went to the funeral. And then the family Abonaikena at the church. So, of course, it was the Methodist who were there. And Muruti was very, the priest was very kind to let me come sit in the front and to speak in the program even if I wasn't there. So I stood up and then I discovered I wasn't the only Mfundis. <laughs> and I learned what love is from Owen. I learned what love is from Owen. Yeah. Love people. That's what distinguishes us as Christians. This place should be a place where people run to when everybody is rejecting them. And don't get on their case because they got a child out of wedlock. Don't get on their case because they're on drugs. Don't get on their case because they're drinking. Don't get on their case. Just keep your mouth shut. Let them come into the presence of God and let God love them. Let God impact them. Let God change them. Can I hear an amen in the house? Let's stop being like Pharisees and judgmental. This is the thing. We are, we've, I've taught our pastors. We counsel lots of people in our church. Many people. Many people. And you know what, Pastor Lan? Our, their secrets are safe with us. Yeah. We've helped people. People who are divorcing. People who are on drugs, alcohol, everything. But you must hear how they get treated by some of you. Hypocrites. 
hypocrites. You have forgotten how much God has forgiven you. Jesus says, love them as I have loved you. God doesn't tell your issues to anybody. Why are you publishing other people's issues? Where are you? But I'm telling you, if churches were to show love, if we were to only do what Jesus said, no, I'm telling you, Rosalind, we, we couldn't keep people away from our churches. But it's the Christians who are driving people away from God. Our behavior, that's judgmental. That God has changed you and saved you, thank God for it. But don't use it as a weapon against others. Love them. When you're a man and save people, love them. Don't do what they do, but love them. Love them. If there are things they do, those are the right thing about Rohakan or Kikupaska Rohakan. That's all. Now I tell them forward to Kiakupane. Kiau Kiau Kawaii Express. Hi, let's continue, Bazalan. Now, watch this, Bazalan. 1 John 4 7 and 8. Let's have it on the screen. Are you ready, Bazalana, to go deeper into this thing? I'm telling you, it's going to liberate you. It's going to liberate you. Note what 1 John 4, 7 says. It says, beloved, beloved, let us agape one another. For agape is of God. See, it's, it's, this is the only kind of love that God has. Satan doesn't have that love. And I'm going to show you why Satan's kingdom and Satan's power is so weak. Satan's kingdom is not governed by love. It's governed by hate, bitterness, strife. That's why his kingdom will always fall. But God's kingdom, it says love is of God. Now watch, 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 watch. And everyone who loves two things is born of God. So in other words, if you are born of God or if you are born again, is born again people who have this kind of love. You can't have it if you're not born again. Because it is the God kind, God type of love that God imparts. Not only are they born of God, but they know God. What does it mean? They're matured in God. Your maturity is not by the many verses you quote. Your maturity is by how much love you show. See, in the natural, if you allow yourself for whole country in the natural, as you, you grow up, you know, most people, they, when they ask them on their deathbeds, what would you have done differently? Their perspective of life is so different. They tell you, I wish I could have spent time with my family more. I could have relaxed more. I could have laughed more. I could have, I shouldn't have taken things too seriously as I did. They don't say, I wish I had a Lamborghini. No, 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 they don't say that. They don't say that. I wish I had a Lamborghini. I wish I had a big house. They don't say that. Because when you come to a certain point in life, or at a certain point, you know what matters. Mara, Bapilang, they are still chasing the Lamborghini. They don't realize, Lawe taught Lamborghini. You are still empty. Driving it. 
that the value of life is not this. And as you grow up, I, I watch both Judge Judy and so on. You know, one of the things she always asks, Judge Judy, you know Judge Judy? When, when people come and parents are fighting with their children and their grandchildren, and he asks them a question and she says, don't you want to reconcile with your child? And then the next question she says, yeah, no, ESCOM is coming back. And then the next question she asks is that, look, if you reconcile with your child, as you get older, the grandchildren will visit you. You see, when you are young, you think what I paid. You think you'll finish yourself. As you grow up, relationships, family, being in community becomes... See, when you, are, when you are young, you don't care about anybody. You offend everybody, you say whatever, you don't care, you don't try to make peace. You don't try to reconcile. Right? You are opinionated, you are yourself, okay, Peter. But as a whole, you notice in life that in life, you can't travel life by yourself. Never. You got to have people. And if you're going to relate with people, you better let your judgmental spirit go down. Yeah. It says, beloved, let us love one another. For love is of God, and everyone who loves knows God. Verse 8. Note what it says. He who does not love. He who doesn't know God, doesn't know God. So, you know, sometimes we, we say we know God. Jesus, I'm a friend of God. I'm a whatever. Guy. I wonder if God is really glad to be your friend. Because, he who does not love doesn't know God. It doesn't say for God has love. It says for God is love. God is love. God is love. So everything God does is out of love. Love is the essence. So if you, if you, if you want God, walk in love. Because that's the environment of God. That's the DNA of God. That is God's modus operandi. The kingdom of God is a kingdom of love. Everything he does. For God so loved the world. Behold what manner of love the Father has given unto us. That we should be called the sons of God. So God is love. God operates in love. God's kingdom is a kingdom of love. Love is more powerful than hate. Love is stronger than bitterness. Love is God's kingdom. God is love. Therefore God works in an atmosphere of love. Look at what Paul says in Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 4. I'm going to read it. It's a long passage until chapter 5. Please let me have it there. Ephesians 4.31. Let all bitterness, wrath, anger, clamor, evil speaking be put away from you with all malice. Keep going, please. And be kind to one another. Be what? To what? Be kind to one another tender-hearted, forgiving one another, even as God in Christ forgave you. Bazalan, there shouldn't be anybody that you can't forgive. 
There should be. Thank you for the scattered thunder showers of the clapping. Even as God in Christ has forgiven, the, 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 the debt God forgave me of doesn't compare to any offense anyone can commit towards me. Next verse. Therefore, chapter 5, yeah. For that reason, be imitators of God as dear children. One translation says, be imitators of God as little children imitate their parents. Our father God, our parent, he's love. He's love. Imitate him. Next verse. Verse 2. And walk in love. As Christ also has loved us and has given himself for us, an offering and a sacrifice to God for a sweet smelling savor. Christ gave himself as an offering, a sacrifice for us. He loved us. He loved us. No reason why we can't love one another. I'm telling you, some of you got attention, tell and so on. You're wasting your time. I'm being honest with you. By God's grace, I've decided I will never ever have anything against anybody. I refuse. I refuse. I refuse. And you will have many opportunities to be unforgiving. Many. But I let it go. I say, I don't want it. I forgive them. I even forgive them before they ask for it. Some of you say, no, I saw Clemon now. Okay. But Alana, bitterness is poison in your spirit. Unforgiveness is poison. It affects you more than it affects the person you dislike. I know, I know, I know. Okay. I won't say it lot. I won't. Look at John, what John says about love. The Apostle John. Now, the Apostle John is called the Apostle of Love. Christian tradition says that before John was sent to the island of Patmos, he was persecuted and thrown in boiling oil. But he didn't die. Because of love. There's something about love that builds a protection around you. This Apostle John is the one that on the, on the, on the night yeah, communion, he was laying on the chest of Jesus. He's the one that the Bible, I refer to the, the apostle whom Jesus loved. So Jesus, if you check the apostles, everyone who related with Christ, like people relate with you, they all connect with you on a certain trait. John connected with Christ in the area of love. He observed Christ. He saw Christ. Because you must remember, Pastor Jesus, when he came, he broke all the rules that religion had placed. And religion is poisonous. Christianity is not a religion. It's a lifestyle. Religion kills. Religion dislikes people. The Pharisees and religion, they quote the Bible to beat you on the head. Yeah, once people say, quote the Bible to beat you on the head, it's problems. I'm telling you. So the Pharisees, they would quote the Bible. They bring this woman caught in adultery, but Moses said in the law, she must be stoned. And Jesus shows love. Jesus allows people to make physical contact with him as a rabbi. 
In those days, rabbis were holy. They never made contact with ordinary people. Even worse, Jesus allowed women to touch him. I mean, those days, women, no, they... Jesus allows even children. So to see, to show you how love emanated from Christ. Children loved him. But Salana, if you really want to know how you are, you must see how children act around you. Because children, no, no. Children don't, they don't pretend. And children, children, because they are young, their spirit is in the ascendancy. Children can pick up your spiritual condition. They can pick up. That's why there are certain children, certain people, how can the child starts crying? Now, there are times when children cry because they are scared. But there are certain people who just, I'm telling you, Basalan, if this person, you know they don't live well, they do all kinds. When they come, you see even the children. You see even the children. You can see the fear in their eyes. Because they can pick up spiritually. They can pick up. Children would run to Jesus. His disciples tried to stop them. They sang his praises in, in Jerusalem. Hosanna is the son of David. Children. He used them as an example. In his sermon. He loved them. Jesus loved them. Jesus went to houses of people that society didn't want to have anything to do with. He went to the house of Zacchaeus, a tax collector. Did you know what happened those days? The Jews were being ruled by the Romans. And the Romans were demanding tax from them. They were charging tax. But the tax collectors were Jews who had to collect the tax. But like corruption is everywhere, they would actually demand more than what was required by government. And so they would give government what belonged to government, keep the rest. As a result, these people were the richest people. So they were disliked in the community. They were hated. Now, you know, Masalana, we are like that. There's people in communities. We don't want anything to do with them. We don't want to hear anything. You think Jesus is going to buy into that? Not Jesus. That's why the disciples were upset with him. People burn about CBU because there are people burning wrong, but their heart is longing for God. Zacchaeus heard that Jesus is coming. He ran to go and meet Jesus and climbed on a tree just to see Jesus from afar. I'm sure he didn't want to mingle with the crowd because he knew they didn't like him. So my, let me hide. A sycamore tree has got thick branches. It's such a thick tree. When you are in it, nobody sees you. So he climbs into this tree where nobody can see him because he, he knows he's a, he's, an, he's a societal outcast. But Jesus, the man of love, that's why God will love people you don't like. He will anoint the people you don't like. People you call names, God will use them because God's not going to go with your prejudice. He's not going to go with my prejudice. He's not. So what does Jesus do? He comes to the sycamore tree. He stands underneath. He looks up. He says, Zacchaeus, come down. He says, for today, salvation has come to your home. I must come to your house. Now you can imagine how his disciples felt. 
Because I can there's always issues. You know, but when I need the issue, there's politics everywhere. My God's not going to side with our politics. Yeah. 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 God will love people you don't like. Because he's God. That's what Agape does. Look at your neighbor and say, why are you quiet? Let's go to 1 John 2, verse 3. 1 John 2, verse 3 to verse 11. It's a long passage. By this we know him, if we keep his commandments. Keep going all the way to verse 11. He who says, I know him, and does not keep his commandments is a liar. And the truth is not in him. But whoever keeps his word, truly the love of God is perfected in him. Now note, by this we know that we are in him. He who says he abides in him ought himself also to walk just as he walked. If we say we abide in Christ, we are strong Christians, situally we are deep, we must walk as we walk. Brother, I don't, I'm not writing a new commandment to you, but it's an old commandment which you have heard from the beginning. The old commandment is the word which you heard from the beginning. Again, a new commandment I write to you, which thing is true in him and in you, because the darkness is passing away and the true light is already shining. Keep going. He who says he is in the light. And hates his brother. Is in darkness until now. But I'm going to show you. I'm going to show you. Hate, bitterness, unforgiveness. You are in darkness. I'm telling you. Even if you took yourself and put yourself in the kingdom of darkness. You yourself. I'm going to show you yourself. Satan can't defeat you. Satan can't defeat you. You are too strong and too powerful for Satan for as long as for as long as you live within the boundaries of what God has prescribed. What are the boundaries? The boundaries is born again, read my word, live my word, walk in love. If you walk in love, God says, all the ammunition I've given you will work. The power in your life will work. When you cast demons, they will leave. When you pray, your prayers will be answered. When you raise your hands to worship, I'll hear. When you confess the word, it will work. When you give, you will reap. Because you are in light. So Satan knows he can't stop you. He knows that. So what does he do? He doesn't try to stop you. He just gets you to fall out of love. That's all. If Satan can bring strife, if Satan can bring bitterness, unforgiveness, if Satan can just work on that, just by doing that, you put yourself in darkness. You yourself press a delete button on everything that's on your life. You yourself. You yourself put yourself in a prison, and I'm going to show you in a short while. You put yourself in a prison that you can't come out of. And you're not coming out of that prison until you get rid of those things. And this is why when the church is growing, when things are going well, Satan stirs up strife. I've seen it in our church many times. I've seen it. I can tell you historically, we've gone through times when there's a lot of fighting that happened in our church. Lots. Arguing here, all kinds of things. All, and those things try to suck you in. 
And I knew that was happening because there's a new realm coming. Satan can't stop what God wants to do. He will get us to stop it. Hang in there with me. I want to show you. I want to show you. Just, just listen carefully. I know this is hard, but this will help you. Next verse. Verse 11. He who hates his brother is in darkness and walks in darkness and does not know where he's going because the darkness has blinded his eyes. You see, you see, you see, Satan knows. I'm telling you, Satan knows. It's, it's, why did Jesus say, I give you a command? Why is such a strong language? Because he knows that is the one area that will be the most slippery for us. Jesus knows this is the one area that makes Christianity work. This is the one area, if God is love, and everything that God does is because of love, if God's kingdom is governed by love, then everything we do in God, faith, worship, singing, prayer, if it's not done in love. Now you understand what Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 13. He says, even if I can speak with tongues of men and of angels, but I have not love. Paul says, even if I can have the greatest anointing, even if I have a major one, Even if I can have a triple portion anointing, strong anointing, and I have all the gifts, all the mentals that we've been talking about, even if I can be the most gifted person, if I don't have love, or it's just like a clinging symbol. It says it's just nothing. It's paper, it's featherweight. There's nothing to it. Why? Because walking out of love neutralizes the power of God. Does. 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 Some of you, you, you haven't understood why your prayers are not working. You've not understood. Why is it you are tithing? Your tithing is not working. Your giving is not working. Your relationships are not working. You can't get a job. Or if you have a job, wakubiwa always. You can't have friends. Things don't work. You are in a cycle all the time. You're going through things. You're always sick in your body. You're always in crisis. You always don't have money. You're always, you're always having problems. You, you can't understand what's the cause of your problem. But you're walking in darkness. And you took yourself there. It's not Satan. You took yourself there. You broke the one commandment we were given. One. Love one another. Love is of God, comes from God. God's kingdom operates in love. Look at James chapter 3, Bazalon. James chapter 3, verse 14. But if you have bitter envies and strife in your hearts, glory not and don't lie against the truth. This wisdom doesn't come from above. James says this type of behavior doesn't come from God. It's earthly it's central and it's devilish it's inspired by Satan he says that kind of behavior is earthly it's sensual sensual means it comes from our body we are ruled by how we feel you just don't like them they haven't done anything to you you just don't like them so you yield to the fact that you don't like them 
You dislike them because you don't like them. But Jane says, watch. It's devilish too. Because God works through your spirit. The devil works through your flesh. And many people have never understood why they must learn to listen to their spirit. Because your spirit is our kalima. Because you are born of God. You are born of God. If you are born of God, God's love is in you. I'm going to show you. Your spirit is our kalima. Like my spirit in Khalimileka 20 Ranta Next verse. This one is tough. For where envying and strife is. There is what? And what? Do you remember in 1 Corinthians 14, Paul says God is not the author of confusion? So if God is not the author of confusion, who is the author of confusion? So when you walk in envy, we walk in strife, you put yourself in darkness, you're walking in darkness. You walk in the realm of confusion and every evil, every kind of evil thing here at Sahar. Yeah. Yeah. You have church people going through courts litigating each other. Church people. Paul says, Banaba Mudimo shouldn't go to court with each other, maybe with other people, matter with each other. We must sit down and resolve things. No, that's not what Christians want to do. Christians don't want to resolve things. When someone has offended us, in Matthew 18, Jesus says, if your brother has sinned against you, go to them. He didn't say if you've sinned against them, go to them. If they've sinned against you, go to them. No, but we're not going to answer No, but I just don't know. Go to them. Why? I'll tell you why you must go to them. I don't want to be in confusion and evil work. I don't want to be in darkness. So I want to cut off any door that's open. So I will go and try and settle things. If you've done your part, you can escalate it to higher leadership. And if Ahana, then you're free. Why is God saying do it? God says do it so that it doesn't link to you. Don't open the door. Stay in the safe space of God's love. Ah, you're not hearing what we are saying tonight. Look at 2 Timothy chapter 2. Sorry, but I don't have a lot more to go. But I want to finish. But foolish and unlearned questions avoid. Knowing that they gender strive. 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 Arguments. Backbiting. Strive. Hey. The servant of the Lord must not strive. There are things that you must walk away from. Sometimes just walk away from an argument. Just walk away. Just for the sake of staying within. Some of you, no, no, no. Some of you, I call now. (laughs) 
Many times when the Pharisees and the Sadducees came to Christ, he never answered them. He never answered. He just looked at them and walked away from it. That's more powerful than arguing back. Yeah, but we don't know that. We don't know. We're not trained in godliness. We're trained in the way of the world. Here the servant of the Lord must not strive, but he must be gentle unto all men, to all people, up to teach in meekness, instructing those, watch this, who oppose themselves if God peradventure will give them repentance for the acknowledging of the truth. Now watch verse 26, tough verse. That they may recover themselves out of the snare of the devil. This is written to Christians. This is written to Christians. Who are taken captive by him at his will. You walk in strife, Satan takes you captive. You wonder why your life's not working. You wonder why your life's not working. Even if you're faster, or it's a spiritual warfare, it's not working. You are in jail. But you got in jail because of your own behavior. You opened the door. Let me read it to you in the New Living Translation. The New Translation, verse 26, Eric. Then they will come to their senses and escape from the devil's trap. For they have been held captive by him to do whatever he wants. Christian people. Held by Satan. Why? The door is strife, bitterness, unforgiveness. That's why Jesus says, I, I command you. It's not a suggestion. I, I command you. Love one another. Love one another. How do we train ourselves to walk in love then? Number one, realize that you already have the love of God in your heart. Somebody says, really? Yeah. Romans 5.5 5 says, Romans chapter 5 verse 5, please at the back. Now hope does not disappoint because, watch this, the love of God has been poured out in our hearts by the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, on the day when you got born again, among the many things God put in your heart, we know God put a measure of faith in your heart. We know that from the Bible. But the other thing that happened, God put love in you. Watch this now. Watch. When you became a Christian, there were certain behaviors that you, you were no longer comfortable with. And certain ways of treating people. But instead of listening to your spirit, you listen to your flesh. If you were used to Rohakabat, you know, sometimes Alfred's up for that doesn't leave immediately. But there's a day when Rohakabat, Alfred's up for Rohakabat. What is happening? You see, the spirit in you is trying to train you into righteousness. Mara, because we don't follow the spirit, go to Galatians chapter 5 with me, Basalan. I want to show you something. Galatians 5, 16. 
Galatians 5.16. I say then, walk in the spirit. Now, look at the verse there. It's very unfortunate that the word spirit there is capitalized. So it gives you the impression that it's talking about the Holy Spirit. But this book in Haki Balamo from the Greek, because in the Greek, they didn't have capital letters or small letters. But the context of this, it means, and the word walk means to live by, to lifestyle. So it says walk, be controlled by your born again, recreated spirit. If you are controlled, if you are controlled by your born again, walk up, born again, recreate your spirit, you will not fulfill what your flesh wants. So there's a tug of war. The spirit in here, the born again spirit, full of the spirit of God, full of the word of God, full of faith, full of the love of God, that's trying to push you in one way. But there's the flesh that's trying to push you another way. So here's somebody in here, it says forgive them. So Paul talks about it. Note, he says, walk in the spirit and you'll not fulfill the lust of the flesh. Next verse, verse 17. He says, for the flesh lusts against the spirit and the spirit against the flesh. So there's always a war. So it's not unusual. And when there's a war, it doesn't mean you're not a Christian. It just means you are normal like the rest of us. Which means this. I must choose to love even if I don't feel like it. Because love is not a feeling. It's a choice. I'll show you in a short while. Your heart will try to move you towards love. Your flesh will say, Mushapeka face. Paul says, listen to your spirit. Note, skip to verse 22. And I love this one. But the fruit of the spirit, in other words, that which comes out of your spirit, before joy, peace, long-suffering, utalaka love. Love is the first fruit. It is the first fruit that God deposits in your heart when you get born again. It's the first fruit and like any other thing, all fruit, you have to take care of it. You have to water it, nurture it, look after it for it to grow. You can grow in love. We all start love, you know, we have it in us. But the more you yield to love, the more you act in love, the more you decide to love is the more you, you love people. You start being more acclimatized to loving and you starve your flesh and strengthen your spirit. This is what the Bible calls uh, abiding in him. How fit am now? You are abiding in God. You are abiding in him. He says you abide in God and God abides in you. My goodness, when you are in God and God is in you, there is nothing that can defeat you. That's why the Bible says, nothing will separate us from the love of God. Because the love of cannot be taken away. Can I hear a good amen, Bazalam? We're finishing just now, Bazalam. Not 1 John 3, 14, just to amplify the point. What do I read in 1 John 3, 14? We know. Somebody say, we know. Say it again. 
we know what? We know what? We know that we have passed from death to life. Wait a minute. What is he talking about? We've passed from death to life. What is he talking about? We've passed from spiritual death to spiritual life. In other words, we know we are born again. How do we know we are born again? Because we, we love the brother. The first thing God imparts in your heart as a young Christian is love. Is love. He says, we know we are born again because we are. Because we love the brother. Kenneth Hagin tells the story of how he grew up as a child and he, he had paralysis, a rare blood disease. His mother was mistreated. His family and extended family didn't take care of him. He said he, he never had anything given to him as a child. He said the only time he remembers is when one of his aunts gave him one nickel. I tell you one nickel, Kibuka. It's like one cent when he was like 14 years old. Nobody celebrated his birthday, nothing. And he says, worst of all, his father left when they were young. Just left. And he said, I watched my mother try to raise us single-handedly as a parent, three of us children, or two of us children, three of us, yeah, three, yeah. And he says, my mother worked herself into a hole health-wise and had a mental breakdown. And she says, my mother tried to kill herself several times. And he says, I remember when we went to stay with my grandmother as a nine-year-old or six-year-old child, my grandmother would give me the task to check my mother. When she went outside, when my grandmother went outside to go and hang washing, she would say, sit here, son. Check your mother. If you see her reach for the knife, call me. Six years old. You know what that does to you as a six-year-old? Said a couple of times, my mother tried to kill herself. He said, the way life was so hard, I swore to myself, I hate my father, and I swore to myself, when I grow up, I'm going to kill him. He says, and I meant it. Says, I used to be so crooked on the inside, and so twisted on the inside that if you did anything to me, I wouldn't fight, I wouldn't say anything. I would just make sure I revenge. And, you know, back those days, people used to, you know, walk across open spaces and but double up, he said, I would hide somewhere with a brick in my hand and wait for you to pass. And I'll fit that just poof, in your face. He says that the unfortunate thing is I wasn't so physically strong. But when I hit you with a brick, I intended to kill you. He says, I, I meant to kill you. And he said, I was so twisted inside. He said, if there's anybody who knows that being born again is real, is me. Because on the day I got born again, all of that hate left my heart. Some of you, you've been hurt deeply. You carry wounds and scars. Things that have been done to you. I ask you tonight, please I ask you, the love of God is in your heart. 
Let it go. Let go of the wrong and the bitterness. So how do we train in righteousness? Here's a few things. Number one, realize the love of God is in your heart. Number two, decide to consciously walk in love like we see in Galatians 5. Consciously. Conscientize yourself. Force yourself. Push yourself. Like in Khalema today, I, I, you know, I took myself to task. Why do that to this woman? I know she was wrong. But I wasn't treated like that. I was not happy with her. And I get her attack outside, but I'm just saying. <laughs> but the final part, Bazalana, is this. That helped me. That helped me. Read 1 Corinthians chapter 13. Verse 1 to verse, uh, verse 4 to verse 8. Hakulu in the Amplified Bible. Read it. Now, Mamelam, Mamelam, look at me. Personalize it because remember, you already have the love of God in your heart. This will help you. This will help you. This will help you. The word of God is a seed, but the word of God is also water. Carefully. So when you read it and speak it, you water the seed that's in your heart. Now, you have the love in you. It's not that you don't have it. Maybe it's just not grown and matured. Marionette, it's still in its infancy. Marionette. Now, how do you water it and fertilize it? By saying with your mouth, you have the love of God. Say it, even if you don't think you have it. Say it. But say it in, let's have the Amplified Bible. Thank you. Hey, Baredi, hey. I like these young people. Now, because you have love, I want us to read it together. But personalize it. Where it says love, put your name there. Or ire I. Okay? Can we try? Let's read. I endure long and I am patient and kind. Don't rush, don't rush. Imamel. Imamel. Say it again. I endure long. And I am patient and kind. Even if you are impatient, remember, the impatient part of you is the flesh. It's not your spirit. Paul says, walk in the spirit. If you walk in the spirit, you will not fulfill the lust of the flesh. One translation says, Put to death the flesh by walking in the spirit. In other words, you don't try to stop the flesh. All you do, you just tune into the frequency of your spirit. And when you tune into the frequency of your spirit, it immediately overrides your flesh. Now, Mamela, your flesh doesn't die. So you must keep doing this exercise all the time. You must do it until you go to heaven. And it's something you must do all the time because if you stop doing it, you go into your default mode. The default mode is to be disliking because the flesh is like that. Say it again. I endure long and I am patient and kind. What does it mean to be kind? To be friendly. To be nice. You are patient. 
Okay? Let's continue. I am never envious nor boil over with jealousy. So next time, we feel like we're jealous. Now, come on now. Come on now. So you say, I'm not jealous. And the only way to solve jealousy is to congratulate the person who is jealous. It's the best antidote. What are you doing? You are yielding to your spirit. And when you yield to your spirit, it kicks your flesh aside. Remember, it's a tug of war. It will always be there. The more you yield to your spirit, is the more you become matured and grow. Because remember, for years we were used to living and following the flesh. Yes, we required it to be jealous, to argue, to dislike, to be unforgiving, to be bitter. We required it. It's been years. I mean, so truly champion. We quiet. <laughs> so it's not going to stop simply because you did this once. It's going to stop through practice. You must do it again. It's almost like you can't wake up tomorrow and go run a marathon. You can't. You start around, around the block. How old are you feel like you're going to die? It's just around the block. At least to Batil. And it doesn't look like there's a difference. So when you start doing this, do it. Do it. Part, part and parcel of my devotion that I used to do, and I'm bringing it back. It's not only would I pray, read the Bible, I take time aside to speak God's word over my life and water the love in here. Say it with me. I am never envious. No, 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 no. I am never envious nor boil over with jealousy. Let's go. I am not boastful or vainglorious. I do not display myself haughtily. Verse 5. I am not conceited, arrogant, and inflated with pride. Next one. I am not rude. I am not rude. The love of God. This, is, this explains what love looks like. When God says walk in love, he says, do this. That, that's what love is. That's what love is. If you are being rude, you are not walking in love. If you are being boastful, you are not walking in love. I am not rude and unmannerly. I am not rude and mentally, and I don't act unbecomingly. Okay? Let's continue. I do not insist on my own rights or my own way. Hey, that's hard. The number one thing that destroys homes, companies, churches, friendships, people insist on their own rights. And it's worse because we have been taught that we have rights. So sometimes we will fight for our rights. We will win the fight and lose the friendship. Win the fight, lose a home, lose a church, but win the fight. But there are certain things you must just let them go. There are people who've owed me. I follow them up and follow them. And I wonder, you know what? It's not going to help. Now, 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 let me show you a powerful print. No, 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 let me show you. This is powerful. This is powerful. This is powerful. You see? 
If you give, it shall be given back to you. You understand? So it was clear they don't intend to pay me. It was clear. They came up with all kinds of excuses. So I decided, all right, I'll give it to them. So what am I doing? I'm switching into a powerful kingdom. Now, Mamela, if I give it without a grudge, then God's going to give me back. Good measure. You're not hearing what I'm saying. When Jesus said, if somebody forces you to go one mile, go two miles. No. When he says, if somebody hits you this size, tell the other thing. We never understood what Jesus was saying. He says, switch into a higher mode. Switch into the love mode. When you switch into the love mode, you are operating by a higher law. You're operating by a law that supersedes. And when you switch to that higher law, God will take care of you. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. Jesus says, oh, when they accuse you, it's a elephant. But a defender. More WhatsApp. More Twitter. Instagram. Yay. Ralwana. Leave them. Many people have left. Babua. Still here. We're still going on. We're still going on. And the interesting thing is, And then, it will climb up on the mountain and tell everybody. Yeah. But that's, we, don't, we don't know that because that's not the way we do it as human beings. That's not what we do. That's not what we do. Want to fight back, whatever. So just give to them. Just, okay. I just tell them, look, you can take it. How you mean Kitao Pata Lakiribona? It's been three years. <laughs> and every month you're promising. I'm giving it to you. Why? I want to switch out of unforgiveness and bitterness. I'm turning the other cheek. So I'm doing. I'm turning the other cheek. Give to them. Act in love. Empower yourself. Move into God's zone. It doesn't insist on its own right or its own way. Finally, verse 6. It does not rejoice in injustice and unrighteousness, but rejoices when right and truth prevail. And you know, this is the thing. When you walk in love, doesn't mean you don't tell people the truth. And that's what people have never understood when you tell them the truth in love. You see, you see, we have a problem these days. People don't want to be truthful with each other. You see, you see the guy is, you see them, they are, they are, they are, they are destroying their lives. But you can, you can still be loving and tell them the truth. Tell them, you don't have to shout. You don't have to scream. Just tell them the truth. You know what? This is going to hurt you. This is going to, don't do this. No, no, today people say, no, no, I don't want to involve myself. You think you're walking in love. You're not walking in love. You're not walking in love. Love does not rejoice at injustice and unrighteousness. But it rejoices when right and truth prevails. And in closing, verse 7. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. Watch. It is ever ready to believe the best of every person. We don't believe the best of people. 
When we hear stories of people, we always like to hear the bad things. We gossip. We like to talk about the bad. You know, it's like some people buy one story about Kitsibit. There's no way by God's grace. One of the things I've, I've decided I don't want to get into politics. I give up because I hate because with a passion. I'm, I don't mind telling you, I hate because I hate gossiping. I don't, I'm not going to gossip, I'm not prepared to gossip. Hey, would you I'm not interested. People gossip about pastors, gossip about things, and gossip about all of that. Some of you, that's all you do. You wonder why you are not walking in the power of God. I'm telling you. Instead of being full of the word, you are full of mkopos. You wonder why the anointing is not working in your life. I'm telling you, Pastor. You wonder why things disassociate. You are talking bad about other people all the time. Hey, who could this mama? You know, sometimes... You know, and I've often wondered, why is it when you see somebody, you only see negative in them? Pastor Lana, even the worst person, there's something good in them. And why can't we talk about the good? Why can't we talk more about the good? That's not what we do as people. We sit around, we gossip. Hey! By the time the third person repeats it, and you know what I found out? Most people I've met that a lot of evil was talked about. When I met them, they were not like that. And it was not true. Not true. I mean, I was looking in the internet right now. One of these people, these people who are criticizing Baruti all the time. You know? And, and one of them has a profile on a pastor I know, and they say he is the fifth richest person in South Africa. And I know that pastor. I mean, I know this pastor, but he's the richest. And they're dissing him. They're saying this and this. And some of you, you believe those things. I'm telling leave those things. Leave gossiping. Beg biting, just leave that, leave that, leave that. Why? Be full of God's word. Just focus on Jesus. Leave those things. Believe the best in people. When you see people, be nice. I'm not saying flattery. No, just don't lie. But be nice to them. Be good to them. Encourage people. Love people. Be compassionate to people. They are God's people. They are made by God. They're God's creatures. They belong to God. Yeah, they deserve to be here. You know, I was watching the other day, I was thinking about kids, kids. Children, they're so easy to please. Imagine, Bazalan. And the child is happy. I mean, why not? And I was thinking, these ones, they're so easy to please. And yet you won't do it. Hey, it's got Busy. <laughs> and do you know that child? You play cash libona. You know what the, you know what it builds in them? You know the bond it builds? But we don't walk in love. That's not how we're wired. Love bears up under anything and everything that comes. It's ever ready to believe the best of every person. Note, its hopes are fadeless under all circumstances. 
and it endures everything without weakening. Next verse. Love never fails. Never. Do you want to be in a never fail zone? Do you want to be in a never fail zone? Love never fails. It never fails out. It never becomes obsolete. It never comes to an end. Love never fails. That's why God's kingdom will never fail. That's why God's kingdom is more powerful than the kingdom of darkness. That's why God's kingdom continues to grow from strength to strength, from power to power. And I see you growing as well in the name of Jesus because you're operating in the laws of the kingdom of God. And God be merciful to us. Shall we stand? I'm sorry I took long today. I preached until nine o'clock. I didn't intend to, but God bless you all. Jesus. Say it with me. I'm a child of God. I have the love of God. Shared abroad in my heart. By the Holy Spirit. I am kind. I'm patient. I have long suffering. I believe the best of every person. I refuse to be unforgiving. I refuse to be bitter. I refuse to walk in darkness. I'll always walk in the light. To the glory and honor of the name of Jesus. Say it with me, Heavenly Father. Forgive me where I didn't walk in love. Where I allowed my flesh to rule me and control me. Forgive me for it. In the name of Jesus, I ask you, from tonight, I'm going to do my best to walk in love to walk in your principles because your love has been shed abroad in my heart in Jesus' name. Why don't you give the Lord a big hand of praise? Hallelujah. All right.